Hello and uh, welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast for Saturday, September 3rd, or rather what was supposed to be the Vacation Impossible podcast. Unfortunately, on this particular trip of ours, there have been some different uh, personal things that have come up for some members of the team. I won't get into uh, specific details. I had intended to have a larger podcast with multiple people present, some new people, some familiar faces. Unfortunately, that doesn't seem like it's going to be possible uh, due to, as I said, some issues I won't get into. Uh, However, there were a couple of things I did want to address sooner rather than later, since it could be a while before we record another podcast, possibly uh, November or December or perhaps October. Uh, We are planning on going to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo in October. We may record a podcast on that trip, perhaps in the hotel uh, sometime during that weekend. So I'm currently located on the Carnival Dream. We are currently headed towards the Mississippi River, headed back to New Orleans after uh, our cruise, which um, did get diverted. We were going to go to Key West and the Bahamas, but due to Hurricane Hermine, we instead um, went to Cozumel, Costa Maya, and Mahogany Bay. So Costa Maya was new for me, but the other two were repeats, um, but a good time was had at those ports. So uh, there will be forthcoming video uh, from those ports. Three things that I wanted to cover. Uh, The first one was a question from Dennis. Uh, How do you choose an excursion? There are usually many more options than time available in port. So how do you decide what to do? Thank you, Dennis. That is an excellent question. And yeah, um, if anything, I think in Dennis's question, he understates the uh, options. There's normally probably in the neighborhood of a hundred different excursions and you can probably only do one perhaps two now some of the excursion options might be combinations of multiple activities for example in Jamaica at Ocho Rios uh, I did the Jamaica bobsled you may remember Um, I could have combined that with Duns River Falls and I think one other attraction uh, at a higher price but I could have done multiple things in a single excursion so uh, watch out for those but I would be uh, leery I would advise against booking more than one actual excursion uh, because they normally all sort of start early in the day uh, somewhere often between 9 and 11 in the morning so later ones might include maybe a parasailing where it's like a hundred dollars for seven minutes of sailing a little overpriced in my opinion I think locally you can get uh, better priced options rather than having to go through carnival there Um, but there's very few things that are short enough that you can fit in additional excursions so how do you pick that can be tricky it's a very good question I think that part of the decision-making process has to factor in the price Uh, for most people. Uh, The Atlantis excursion, for example, in Nassau and the Bahamas, which we were originally planning on doing on this trip before uh, Hermine came along, was uh, pretty expensive. The price has gone up. When we did that back in 2013, it was a little over $100, including lunch, uh, but it's up to $200 now, and that's $200 American. So for us Canadians, we have to also factor in the currency conversion, and that's $200 per person. Uh, so that that is a big factor Um, you also want to sort of just uh, you know be choosy because you're only gonna get one day in most ports so you know allow yourself to be picky about it and say you know if you're not big into snorkeling and you want straight up rule out anything that uses the word snorkel go right ahead why waste the time and the money on something that you want you don't want to do Uh, it's also good to find out what the other people in your group want to do because maybe someone's really committed to something and maybe you'll be keen on doing that as well Um, 
Also, a lot of the excursions, they might sound like they occur in different places, but sometimes they're different packages to the same beach or resort. So sometimes it's good to uh, check the details and find out, oh, is this a option where, you know, maybe Sam will want to do snorkeling at this beach and I can do the beach excursion and his package is 60 and mine will be 40, but we'll be in the same place in the same vicinity. So he'll go off and just do, he'll do a snorkeling, but afterwards, you know, we'll meet up under the same palm tree for, you know, maybe an unlimited drink package or something. So uh, choosing your own excursion, um, it really is very personal. Uh, I think it's really hard to tell someone what they want to do. Um, I recommend doing some research, obviously. Look at the 100 or so options for each port. Sometimes I put it in an Excel list with the prices. They often list the activity time, the activity level from mild to uh, advanced or extreme. I forget the terminology. So factor that in. Do you want to be going on a five-hour hike in the middle of your vacation? Uh, are you comfortable, you know, doing cave tubing or whatever else, you know, might be on the excursion? Uh, your physical fitness and the time you want to spend on it is, is good to factor in. And remember that you're going to be doing this in probably a hot climate in most cases, unless you're going to Alaska or Canada. So uh, factor that in when you're thinking about, okay, yeah, I can go for a five-hour hike in Vancouver in the spring, but do I want to do that in the Caribbean in the summer? It has a different sort of energy cost to it, and a different difficulty level. So uh, yeah, uh, do your research. Uh, we try to post videos, obviously, of excursions uh, on the Vacation Impossible cha uh, channel on YouTube. So check out our videos if it's anything there. Uh, also feel uh, free to write into us. You can contact us through Twitter at VacayImpossible is the Twitter handle for the team. And uh, you can ask about something. Um, or if you want to email us, team at vacationimpossible.ca is how you want to reach us there for maybe a longer question. And perhaps we can answer it in a future podcast. Maybe we'll do a special video. Um, or we could just write back to you an email if we have any useful tips. Um, it's getting to the point where I've done a lot of the ports the carnival goes to, except for Canada and Alaska and Hawaii. So if it's in sort of like, you know, uh, the west coast of Mexico or in the Caribbean, I can hopefully either I or another member of our team, maybe Sam or someone can answer uh, your question and maybe give you some advice. So do feel free to contact us if you have specific destinations or excursions you're curious about. Uh, you can ask the Carnival Excursion Desk on the ship. Uh, however, one of the issues that has come up on this cruise is that one of our new team members did exactly that, and the information and advice given to them was not accurate. They went to go see some Mayan ruins, and the ruins were knee-high, uh, and they were had been described as large. So, um, unfortunately, that isn't always the most accurate we have sadly come to discover on this trip. Um... So thank you, Dennis, for that question. Um, a question. Another question that came in is, what are the types of annoying people you come across while traveling? And uh, that, again, it can be very personal. Different things annoy different people. Um, if you're sitting next to someone on a plane and they ignore you and they do their own thing, that might be your ideal traveling companion, or you might consider that person rude and introverted. So, it, it, you know... It, it depends on the person. Um, we have encountered some annoying people. Uh, people who heckle the comedians at comedy clubs are definitely people we don't like. I mean, if you shout something once or twice and it gets a response and it's funny, that might be okay. But if you're speaking up more than twice without having a question asked of you, um, you need to sh sit down and shut up. You're being obno obnoxious and annoying. Uh, and ruining it for other people. Um, one thing that we've noticed on some cruises is that when a part of the ship has been sort of booked by a company, 
sometimes those people can be obnoxious. There was the Pacific Wine Distillers Distribution Company or something on one of our sailings to Catalina and Ensenada, and they had learned one or two French phrases, and the entire duration of the cruise, they just kept saying it as if it was the punchline to every joke and the answer to every question. So we found that annoying because it was loud and obnoxious and it was everywhere. Uh, but other people might just think that those, you know, those, those are some fun guys. I don't know. It's, it can be very personal. Um, I, it, but they were just shouting the same word over and over again, uh, the French word for work. Uh, and so I don't understand why that was so funny. But it, maybe it was an in-joke. Maybe to them it was hilarious. So I would say those people, um, people unaware of their surroundings, smokers who smoke where they're not supposed to drive me up the wall. I have an allergy. Um, I can have very serious reactions where I can actually black out due to uh, an inability to breathe as a result of people smoking uh, into uh, close quarters and uh, to thick a density, I guess you could say. So uh, on this cruise again, um, uh, Befferny uh, from Twitter, uh, uh, someone we know from the Mario Marathon, uh, a fellow fan of the Mario Marathon, advised us after we had arrived in Louisiana that everyone in Louisiana smokes pretty much everywhere. So that was problematic for me when we were walking around getting food in New Orleans. Um, you know, you go to get uh, beignets at Cafe du Monde, and it's surrounded by people smoking, and smell is a huge part of taste, upwards of something like 60-80%. I don't remember the exact figure. So... Um, that is, uh, you know, that's that's sort of a problem for me. And people who do it where they're not supposed to. People smoking on Lido when it, you're on a ship with no smoking on Lido. People who smoke on their balconies. I've paid extra for balcony to get away from precisely that. But here on the Dream, people were smoking on their balcony a lot. And if, no matter how many announcements they make, it doesn't make a difference to those people. So I think those are some of the more annoying people. Um... I would say when you travel, don't go looking for frustration. Don't go looking to find, you know, oh, it's not spot the uh, the, the bad guy here. Um, but, you know, there are things that can frustrate you. And sometimes you need to step up and say something. Stick up for yourself if somebody's, you know, physically uh, doing something in your way or that they shouldn't be that's causing a problem for you. Um, but you also need to assess the situation. Don't put yourself at risk. If you're asserting yourself, you want to do it. You know, just because they're being obnoxious doesn't mean you can't you have you're given license to respond to the same way you know you still want to try and be respectful um and keep your personal safety as your number one priority at all times so you know is it somebody who's still you know who's who's fighting you for the armrest on the plane you know an armrest is problematic because it's very very thin there's no neutral zone there uh my philosophy with the with the armrest for the plane is that if one person is right up against the chair the other person can lean forward a bit and everyone gets a piece of it uh but i don't think that there's an international convention to that uh, i think that that's just my thinking on it and so you know um I was on a flight here uh, from Seattle to New Orleans where there was a pilot who was si sitting immediately behind me. You would think a pilot would be the most knowledgeable and respectful of all the people, and for the most part he was, but he had this habit of putting his feet so far forward that they went past the luggage container thingy that's like, you know, under the seat and was literally kicking the back of my calves. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you can't judge by looking, uh, you, and and it's difficult to even judge by what people say. It's it really comes down to what they do, and uh, you know maybe your traveling companions are inconvenienced by something, 
but you want to be on the same page with them if you're going to find yourself advocating for someone else or sticking up for someone else because you don't want to explain why it's a problem and then have your traveling companion say, oh, no, 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 it's nothing, it's nothing, don't worry about it. They t suddenly backpedal and you're standing out there looking like a jerk. That has happened to me in the past, um, not even traveling, just at home at the movie theater or other places. So, uh, you know, make sure you're on the same page with your traveling companions as much as possible. Look after your safety and... Um, try to keep a positive view on things if somebody's being frustrating but it's for a short period of time it could be a funny story to tell uh so you know not everything is completely negative there necessarily um so again feel free to submit your stories of um annoying traveling people you've encountered we'd like to hear them it could be quite interesting um so last time on the Vacation Impossible podcast, Mindy had uh, sort of issued an apology and an explanation to Target John of the Mario Marathon uh, for some feedback she had about um, uh, his waffles video uh, that he broadcast during the Mario Marathon through Periscope. And so um, I'm just going to read, uh, we have our first viewer mail. Uh, Target John has emailed us. So I just wanted to read this out because it has some important fact checks in it. Hi, Vacation Impossible team. It's Target John from the Mario Marathon crew at Useless Traffic on Twitter, or just John in real life. It was a pleasant surprise to see your This Week in Waffles video. I had seen at least one of your videos before, the one in which you discussed this year's return of the Mario Marathon. But in my mind, I had not connected your Vacation Impossible videos to the names that I've seen as fans and donors of the Mario Marathon, such as Cowman, or Mindy's Twitter handle. So it's nice to make these connections. Couple more comments related to what I may come to remember as the waffle incident. First point, as Mindy did go on to explain in your video, whipping the egg whites isn't unnecessary showmanship. Just to pause here for the letter, I think I was the one who called it unnecessary showmanship. Just to be clear, I meant that as a compliment. Um, uh, you know, I think adding flourish to videos, uh, you know, and stage performances and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, sometimes it's not necessary to get your point across, but it adds a sense of style. So I certainly uh, hope that that didn't come across as a criticism on my part. I'm pretty sure that was that was something I had said because um, I don't know what I'm talking about with this, when it comes to these things. So it's a shame that Mindy's not here right now. Um, but I think I was talking about like the way he had poured it or something. It had a nice flourish to it and it was a smooth motion. And so I, I thought it was a nice bit of business. And I meant unnecessary as in it might not affect the taste of the, the final product. Anyways. Uh, it really does improve the recipe, says Target John. And one can't beat the egg white stiff in the same bowl as the rest of the waffle batter. That, plus, although I certainly enjoy cooking, I'm just an amateur chef who is comfortable enough in the kitchen to attempt variations on familiar recipes that I might have originally found in a book or online. I can't comment further because I am not the chef in our operation here at Vacation Impossible. Second point. I will candidly admit that when I first read Mindy's first tweet about my error using the electric beaters to fold the egg whites in, my very first mental reaction was, WTF? Was I asking for feedback on a 40-year-old family recipe which I've cooked so many countless times, I'm more than confident that it works? Fortunately, I didn't fire off a 140-character version of that thought, because on second read of Mindy's tweet, I realized that she was absolutely right. So, I was quite glad to own up to my error. Making a whole video to apologize about how you worded your correction of my cooking technique was very sweet of you. Your apology was not necessary, but it is accepted nonetheless. Thank you, Target John. We appreciate that. As we are, I think, mutual fans of each other. Third point. Your memory of my origin of my useless traffic handle is very good. However, there are some specific details. 
I worked part-time in radio for about 10 years in a very small market, a town with about 15,000 people not far from where I live. At the time, we, have live, we had live DJs for about 18 hours a day on all three of our stations. For a few months, I would call in during the evening drive from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. after the local news segment just to talk on air for a couple of minutes with the DJ as he was a buddy of mine. I would offer completely nonsensical information about traffic conditions, for example, the number of traffic cones along a two-block stretch of a construction zone, or a legitimate-sounding Chicago traffic report of which was useless a couple hundred miles away, or something like that. It was an occasional attempt at humor, which my buddy and I did more to amuse ourselves than our listeners. I coined the name Useless Traffic for the segment. As you surmised, I remembered the phrase years later when I created this particular Twitter feed. The name kind of fits because I never promise anybody that anything I ever say has any value whatsoever. Uh, I think that it's a very nice uh, disclaimer. I think that we, I, I would almost like to adopt some version of that disclaimer because sometimes we're just about the hopefully entertaining nonsense here at Vacation Impossible. Uh, I believe we're on to the fourth point now. Uh, it's much easier to put butter on my waffles than waffles made elsewhere, in part because my particular waffle iron does not make really thick waffles, and in part because I don't cook them crispy. They're soft and moist, which makes spreading the butter on them very easy and delicious. I know exactly what you mean about waffles, which are too thick and crisp, not my preference. I think that's in response to something that I had said about me just not being a waffles guy generally, because I find it awkward to spread butter on them. So... Um, I think we're on to the fifth point here. Uh, thanks for the shout out about our Big Brother coverage. The very successful website is bigbrothergossip.com and the Twitter stream is at bbgossip, which currently has more than 79,000 followers. We're both created by a friend and coworker of mine whose nickname is Indie Mike. I contribute to his website. In your video, I think you implied that I created those, but I certainly don't want to appear to take credit for someone else's great work. And uh, yeah, that's an absolute fact check. We're definitely happy to set the record straight on that. Um, just given that, you know, uh, Target John, Useless Traffic, is the guy we know. Um, so we, we weren't aware of Indie Mike. Um, so uh, credit where credit is due. And if you're into Big Brother, highly recommend you check those things out. Uh, as I've mentioned in previous videos, we're not large fans of reality television. Um, but it seems like John uh, knows how to, uh, how to run um, his, uh, his contributions. Uh, and uh, his Twitter feed in uh, in regards to that. So I think if you're a fan of Big Brother, check them out. And, uh, you know, obviously Indy Mike knows what he's doing with what he's set up as well. Um, and then uh, Target John goes on to say, I hope we get a chance to interact again. Count me as a new fan. I'm looking forward to looking through your large catalog of YouTube videos. Cheers, John. So thank you very much, John. Um, it's always nice to have a, uh, a new fan, uh, and it's interesting that we were fans of him, and now he's fans of us, uh, and so that's, that's very nice. Um, and uh, yeah, we do have a fairly large uh, back catalog of YouTube videos. I think we're a little over 200 at current. Um, of course, that does include podcast clips. So for the first three episodes of the podcast, I produced nine clips for YouTube from each of the original three podcasts. Uh, the original podcast do run quite a bit longer and there's quite a lot of additional content. So I recommend you listen to us. Uh, we're hosted on Podbean. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on the podcast app for Windows 8. Uh, so we're out there on a lot of different platforms. If you'd like to suggest a new platform that we need to submit our RSS feed to, please let us know. We've also recently launched a Tumblr uh, page, blog, account. Our first post is about all about how we don't know what Tumblr is. Uh, and I've been updating that quite a bit frequently. 
Uh, we're going to be having videos coming out hopefully soon uh, of our sailing on the Glory from last December. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I am uh, Cowman, uh, at Cow underscore Man. And uh, the team is Vacay Impossible on Twitter. So uh, we also have a Facebook page if you want to uh, like us. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash vacation impossible. We're also on Flickr and Instagram. Uh, generally, it's vacation impossible, one word. If you want to track us down in all of those myriad places, uh, you know, we're happy to interact and have people checking out our pictures, our posts, all those different sorts of things. So, um, anyways, I guess this has been the Raycast uh, since it's just me. Um, so I do apologize for not having a full length and fully interactive podcast, but as I stated, there were some things on this particular trip that made it impractical. Um, there were some negative experiences and I don't want you coming to the podcast, getting, uh, getting nothing but, uh, sort of complaining. Um, we do want to tell the full story of, uh, travel experiences. Uh, for example, uh, we had, uh, at the beginning of this trip, we went to, uh, stay at an extended stay in Tequila. And it turns out there are two extended stay Americas in Tequila. One is called Tequila, one is called Tequila South Center, and they're very different. Um, and we went to the wrong one first because we were a little bit late. I was a little bit lazy with the GPS programming. So we went to the one Tequila, which had some shady looking people. Uh, it was hard to tell who was staff and who was a guest. It was very hard to get service. The service was really disengaged. So I would not recommend extended stay America Tequila. However, the Extended Stay America Tequila South Center was fantastic. It looked, it was clean, it was nice, the service was pretty fantastic, had good Wi-Fi, uh, pretty close to the mall. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, but that was just the first, uh, you know, part of our journey. And so, as usual, we had our cameras rolling throughout much of it. Um, going to be a lot of pictures posted on Instagram. Um, and, you know, we'll have some different tweets going out about it, I'm sure. And videos will be forthcoming. Uh, however, first we have to do the glory sailing. We have the Porthole Chronicles, which was the three sailings I took with Mike on different fantasy class ships. Uh, and uh, then we'll have this, the dream sailing. And then we're going to go forward from there. We're definitely going to be at Portland Retro Gaming Expo uh, in October. But thinking of gaming, um, I did bring along my 3DS. And I had brought along Smash Brothers for the 3DS. Little did I know that the Smash Brothers had apparently there had been an update prior to us leaving, and I had not updated the software. And so now here I am on a cruise ship, unable to play the game because I can't connect to the internet to get the latest version, the latest update, before it'll let me play standalone, which I see as a bit of a design flaw. Now I understand that you have to do updates to prevent hacking, to prevent piracy, and to prevent cheating in multiplayer. I get that, but... I think that if you have the game and you just want to play locally, you should be able to do that regardless of whether it's been updated. I think that the update should prevent you from using multiplayer, absolutely. I think it should let you into the game, you should be able to play single player, and then when you go multiplayer, if there's balancing issues or cheats that they need to address, that's the time to enforce the rule and the block for the patch. Um, because if someone was in the Navy and they were being deployed for six months, nine months, shorter, longer, and they had brought that game along and, you know, it connected to the Wi-Fi long enough to know there was an update, but not long enough to, uh, to download it. They've now got this game, which is a higher-end AAA title for the 3DS. So you know, shell out some serious cash for it in terms of those sorts of games. It's one of the higher uh, cost ones and it's well worth it. It's a great game. There's some, tons of content. It's a lot of fun. But they might not be able to play it for the entire tour. 
and that might have been something they were really counting on. So things like that, it reminds me of the Xbox One release where you couldn't play unless it was connected to the internet and there was like a, you know, a piracy check or something and you connect to a server or whatever. Um, Xbox eventually reversed their decision on that, uh, largely after the PlayStation uh, Sony people started making fun of them for the protections they put in about sharing and trading old games and things like that. If you have the physical media, you have the disc, you have the cart, you should be able to play the game. At bare minimum, the single-player functionality should always work. So um, that's uh, that's an unfortunate design thing with Nintendo. But uh, we're very much looking forward to the, uh, the Nintendo Classic Mini, I think it's called, uh, with its 30 games coming out in November. Uh, so I think that'll be, uh, that'll be fun, and that's something we're looking forward to for the time where we're not traveling. But anyways, for now, this is going to be probably our shortest podcast to date. Thank you very much for listening. And again, I apologize for it being so short and for it being just the Raycast or the Cowcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, but there were some extenuating circumstances, and we appreciate your, uh, your understanding and your patience with that. And uh, we hope to be back, um, yeah, hopefully in October with a proper podcast with more than just me. So thank you very much for listening, and uh, do remember to subscribe to our channel on YouTube and to the podcast.